This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day and welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show at Simple Truths Radio Network. Pastor Xavier Reese here with us in California. Good to be back. <laughs> also in the studio, Jonathan Duran. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 206, 206. Amen. The, what's today? The 10th of August. It is. 2021. And also Pastor Sam Tirado helping us with a video today. Thank you, Pastor Sam. Pastor X, we are glad to have you back. You, they tried to keep you in Kansas for a yeah, while. Yeah, well, we did a little conference. It was a great time. People came on. And we just uh, we do that every year, once a year, for the Calvary Chapel, Latha, uh, Kansas, down there in Johnson County. And um, it's just nice people come Now, there are down. a number of different churches that come together for that, aren't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, smaller Calvary, stuff like that, people around. It's called a PAL uh, um, Leadership Conference. Awesome. And so uh, it's a great time. Who's the senior pastor of? Rick Jarnine. Rick Jarnine, that's right. Rick Jarnine. Which we've had Rick on Jarnine. our show, Yeah, right? We have, yeah. Rick was here with us. Yeah. If you're listening, so, Rick, maybe we'll have him again soon, right? Amen. <laughs> love to, love to. Amen. Awesome just to... You know, as you travel, and I know you don't travel as much as you used to, do you get a different perspective of how the body of Christ is doing in different places, Pastor X? Well, you know, the same thing is here. I mean, all over the United States, you've got um, the whole pressure and, and, and uh, indoctrination of the um, secular society, the yeah. medical, the academic society of this um, overreach of power, um, these... Um, Edicts that are being given that are not lost at all. Yeah. Uh, their mandates are not lost. Uh, and they're using it under the guise of health, which is the most powerful thing you can instill fear upon yeah. people. And so this is not anything that's happened by accident. This is very uh, thought through. It's strategized. Uh, they understand uh, human uh, behavior. And they uh, um, are good students, and they are uh, doing the best they can to control um, those who, um, um, who will be gripped by fear. Yeah. And certainly that doesn't exclude Christians. No. no. Though we, um, though we um, have not been given the spirit of uh, fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, mm -hmm. that doesn't come automatically. It has to be applied and worked through as you depend on the Lord, you reckon the old man dead, and you bring your thoughts captive, and you put on that armor, and you do good warfare. Amen. One of the sad things is, I mean, people who were really not fearful because of the health issues over this last 18, 20 months or so, now they're looking at situations where their jobs are in jeopardy. Yeah, they're in fear of losing their jobs, losing yeah. their finances, um, losing their health benefits, all of that. Uh, I mean, this is the epitome of fascism, um, such as Mussolini, Stalin, sure. uh, Hitler, uh, no different. It's a socialist, Marxist, communist um, uh, agenda and strategy. Uh, when, uh, when we're being canceled uh, according to their cultural language, which is really communism. America's always had freedom of speech, and you can speak and say anything you want. Doesn't, you can't force yourself upon anybody. You can't uh, uh, be violent or force anybody to listen to you, but you can say whatever you want. That is not the case anymore. No. That's not cancel culture. That's communism. Yeah, unfortunately, we're seeing yeah. seeing the effects of that, and it's it, it is a surprise to us. But at the same time, we're expecting these sure, kinds of things. Sure, the Bible we're, tells we're going us. the global way. Right, right, right. Um, this is the dress rehearsal for the Antichrist. Amen. Uh, we have the um, the schedule. We just don't know the process or the timing of the schedule. Amen. But we know that um, uh, things are going to get worse for the world. We, uh, we've been teaching globalism was coming for 45 years or more. Um, it seemed to be ridiculous back 45, 48 years ago, uh, but all of a sudden, a year and a half ago, not now. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, all the groundwork was being done through all those years. It's interesting. I was talking to a, a fellow the, who visited our church a couple of weeks ago, and he relayed a, a conversation he had. He was talking to somebody who's a millennial doesn't believe in uh, the literal thousand-year right. reign, doesn't believe in the rapture or tribulation or yeah. any of those things. And uh, he said that in light of current events, this guy's rethinking his position. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he better. Um, Before it's too late. People are always, um, some Christians are like, um, 
going to eat at a smorgasbord. They pick and choose. They spend all their time in the pudding. And they don't need everything they should. Amen. Uh, you have to believe Genesis, the revelation. You have to believe all the doctrines of God. You can't just say, I simply believe in Jesus. If you say you were born again, you believe in Jesus, you have to know the doctrines of the Bible. Amen. You have to accept it all. Whether it makes sense to you or not, doesn't matter. And speaking of that, today we're going to spend a little bit of time in the book of Genesis. Yeah. We're looking at the character of Isaac. And uh, he's in there kind of sandwiched in between his father, Abraham, yeah. and his son, Jacob, who are really prominent, prominent figures. Right, right. But uh, would you say that Isaac is an important person in the, in uh, the Old Testament, Pastor Very Alex? much so, very much so. And anytime God records any person in Scripture and puts their life down, they are very, very important. But the problem with human analogy and uh, observation is that we usually contrast one person against another. Yeah. Where God allows a man to stand on his own two feet and what he did through them. Um, and he, as he's recorded in scripture, the, the focus is very clear uh, of how God used them, how, how God worked through them, and even how God gave promises to them. Because Abraham, mm -hmm. Isaac, and Jacob. It's all three of them. It's repeated over and over again in the scriptures. Important stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know, we are all the time you hear the statement made that we believe that the truth of Christ is taught on every page of the Bible. Right. Somewhere or another, you can make application to the gospel of Jesus Christ from anywhere in the scripture. Do you, do you believe that Isaac is used by the Lord to portray the truth of Christ in some Very, ways. very much so. We'll see it as we go through the study. It's all over the Word of God, beginning with the typology, as we'll see in Genesis 22, uh, as uh, Abraham offers his son as a sacrifice in the New Testament. The thing about a type is a type is prophetic mm -hmm. of something that's going to be fulfilled in the future. And so the New Testament reveals what is a true type. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of emblems and symbols of Christ the feast days, everything like that, and they're prophetic also. But um, the New Testament will reveal the anti-type, which is the fulfillment of the prophetic type, right. looks forward. And certainly Isaac um, in Romans and Hebrews and other passages is very clearly identified as a fulfillment of the type of Christ. Now, now that's kind of technical, I mean, theologically, but you have to have the type, which right. would be the first mention, the prophetic and then type, you have yeah. to have the fulfillment, the anti-type, right, right. that confirms. Right. And without that, you're looking at a metaphor right, or right, a, right. a representation yeah. or something. And there are many things that people call types that are not really types. Not types. And we understand in a loose way a type. Sometimes they'll say Enoch is a type of the rapture because he was not right. and God took him. But nowhere in the New Testament does it say that. Right. So it's not really a true type. Now, there's a parallel between them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A similarity. A great illustration. But it's not a prophetic type. Amen because it's not identified as a fulfillment in the New Testament. That's important. So with Isaac's birth, we have a pretty amazing, a miracle, you know, miraculous. I mean, medically at least. Yeah. His father's 100 years old, his mother's 90. Right. This is even with the age range, which was different back in Genesis. I mean, these people lived close to 200 years old, yeah. uh, you still, you don't see people being, children being born at that age. Right. And the scriptures are very clear that uh, God promised Abraham in uh, Genesis 12, 2, that uh, he would make a great nation of him. Um, from him, all the families of the earth would be blessed. And so God promised Abraham um, that he would have a son in Genesis 15, not Eliezer. He would not be his heir. Right. But yet again, Isaac is old, Sarah's old. I mean... Um, and yet God says it's going to come through your own body. And so he promised Sarah in chapter 17 of Genesis that she'd be the mother of nations and kings of people. And so Isaac, um, because when he did that, she laughed. Yeah. And God said, why do you laugh? He said, I did not laugh. No, you did laugh. He said, now because you did that, you call his name Isaac, which means laughter. So Isaac is named um, according to the doubt of his birth to an extent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay? You're trusting God, but at that point when she's laughing, she didn't really believe it possible. And so he says, you call him laughter, Isaac. Amen. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's interesting that as God announced 
the birth, I guess, what, about a year in advance before right. Isaac was born, right. the Lord actually showed up. And we're believing this is the Lord Jesus. Right. Because he, he arrives as a man. Yeah. And, uh, and, and talks, and then that kind of evolves into God's judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. But it's all part and parcel of the same meeting. Right. Anytime God appears in the Old Testament, when it's in the person, uh, a literal person as an angel or something like that, it's Jesus Christ. Okay. In fact, his title is the angel of the Lord. It's called a theophany, a Christophany. A theophany is an appearance of God. It can be in the cloud, in the fire, whatever it may be, a physical um, manifestation to demonstrate the presence of God. But a Christophany is when God appears in the person of Christ, the second person of the Trinity, and he appears many times in the Old Testament prior to the incarnation yeah. of the new. Amen. Well, last week we spent a, uh, some time talking about Abraham, and Abraham, one of the, the titles, the way we refer to him is the father of faith. Yeah. And this is a guy who put himself out there on the Word of God. He, he trusted in the Word of God. He believed right. in God's Word. And that shows up really powerfully in his relationship. Um, it seems that that obedience, that uh, response to God's Word is really important. And Abraham had that in it. And, and we talked about it again last week. Sure, yeah. And he's called the father of faith. Um, father Abraham. And he's credited with believing God by faith despite the seeming impossibility uh, strengthened through faith, Romans 4, 17 through 21 tells us, and uh, giving God glory. Because Sarah is credited with receiving the strength to receive the seed in Hebrews 11, 11, judging God faithful who had promised. And so the commentary on their actual um, state of mind prior to the announcement, at the announcement, and after the announcement Amen. through history is given to us in the New Testament. So the New Testament is a commentary always on the Old Testament. Yeah. It's the new that interprets the old. Very important. And a lot of great stuff in Romans, especially right. about, about Abraham's perspective. And something yeah. we need to learn from because, you yeah. know, we're in tenuous times here. You know, crazy yeah. things going on in our world every day. Mm -hmm. what, the governor of New York resigned today, you know, and, and uh, what's next? <laughs> you I mean, know, mm -hmm. but we, we have confidence in the scripture. Sure. We have confidence sure. in the Lord. Yeah. You know, yeah. as we read this narrative in Genesis, what is it that really sets Isaac apart from, from the others in the community? I mean, because he had, by that time, he had an older brother. And right. Well, remember, Isaac is born according to um, God's timing. Right. Okay. He was prophesied and, um, and, and it was through him that God would bless Isaac was born distinct from all others. Um, Ishmael was cast out in Genesis 21, 10. Yeah. Okay. Ishmael is a type of the flesh. In other words, um, Abraham and, and uh, Sarah had been in the land uh, for many years, 10 years or so. And, and they started leaning to their own understanding. And he says, you know, Abraham, you're old, I'm old. It must mean that God wants you to have a child by Hagar. Mm -hmm. And then I will raise the child up on my knees and, as my child. And that's the way God's going to fulfill it. And so what happened as the story goes is, you know, it turns sour. Yeah. Um, Ishmael mocks Isaac's um, dedication there and everything. And... Um, he has put out, and Hagar goes out, and God meets her and promises he will make 12 tribes of them. Um, but Ishmael was never the heir. No. Now, it's interesting because the Arabs and the Muslims always claim Ishmael. Yeah, that's their connection. Right. They switch it. But the Bible says that in Isaac was the promise, yeah. not Ishmael. Ishmael is a type of the flesh, a product of what you and I can do with our lives to ruin it and make it more difficult. Isaac is a product of God through trusting God to do what we don't understand how he's going to do it. Amen. And it's very important. Yeah. And, and so, uh, once again, the types um, are, are given to us through the contrast of Ishmael and Isaac. Mm -hmm. And we see that, for instance, in, in the book of Galatians. The yeah. Apostle Paul is all over that. It, yes. One of the really uh, amazing things in the life of Isaac, I think maybe the most impressive has to be the situation that you mentioned before in Genesis chapter 22. 
And, you know, even in the whole of Scripture, this is a huge, a huge issue, something yeah. that, I mean, this happened 3,500 years ago or right. so, a long time ago, and yet we're still, you know, chewing on this truth and considering, you know, all that went on there. Yeah. It's a big deal. Sure, sure. And again, um, when you look at Genesis 22, you see that Abraham had to take his only son. Now, only son. It says, take your only son. Yeah. And um, he didn't have just one son. He no. had two sons. Amen. God did not recognize the work of the flesh. Yeah. It was Isaac. And so Abraham um, uh, declared it was um, the son of his love. Um, God told him he had to go to the land of Moriah. Mm -hmm. Moriah is literally just there at, at Mount Moriah, mm -hmm. which is the hill of Jerusalem. Okay. Okay. Um, that's where the city dwells. Um, it's also called Mount, Mount Zion. Right. Okay. But that's more specifically over where the temple is? Right. Okay. Right. Which, um, when we went on the tour, we touched the bedrock of that, didn't we? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's where the temple was built in that. But the whole area there where, where the city of Jerusalem and the temple, um, Mount Moriah, um, if you look at the topography of it, 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 it ascends and up on Mount Moriah, is, Calvary is literally the highest point of Mount Moriah. Wow. And so, and it's been cut today, you've got roads cut across, you go out the Damascus Gate, you've got a road back there, and you've got a, a narrow bus depot, we're looking straight ahead to the right, and the left is mm -hmm. Gordon's Calvary. And so, um, but the location, as we see, um, God declared it was um, his only son. Right. Ishmael was not included. It was very, very important. And he offered them as a burnt offering on the mountain. Okay? So this was really contrary to um, the law. Human sacrifice really is not. Oh, so absolutely. Stop and think how confusing that would be if you were Abraham. Yeah. Okay? All of a sudden, you know, now remember the law has not been given. Yeah. So we don't have all the sacrifices. But still, Abraham knows God. But yeah, the, the human sacrifice is not anything no. pleases God. Yet he's asking him to offer his son. Yeah. Now we look to the New Testament, we know that it says in Hebrews and in Romans that he knew that he was able to raise him up if he needed to. So once again, he's not only a type of the sacrifice, but a type of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so it's very, very clearly indicated in Romans and in Hebrews. I got to tell you, it's just kind of amazing the way that Abraham responds to God's direction. Yeah. He doesn't say a word. Right, right, right. He just, he picks up the kid right. and he takes off yeah. to do what the Lord has called him to do. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that yeah. really impresses if, me. If you remember, you look at the text uh, there in Genesis 22, around 5 through 8, mm -hmm. um, when he gets there with the guys that went with him, right. his servants, mm -hmm. he said that, um, you know, me and the lad are going to go worship. Yeah. And then we're going to come back. Yeah. So Isaac knew. I mean, Abraham knew absolutely that if God allowed him to sacrifice his son, God would raise him before he came down the mountain, and we will come back to you. Now you talk about faith. Well, he had the promise. It's very, very, very clear. Yeah. And so, um, even though it didn't make sense at the time, he knew that God was able to raise him from the dead. Yeah. Prior to descending from the mountain, that's incredible. Yeah, pretty amazing yeah, stuff. Yeah. So now we know that Abraham's a man of faith, but it also seems here, and there's a little bit of speculation about Isaac's age maybe, but that Isaac also had some faith, had some confidence in, in his father and yeah. also in God in, in response to that. Is that a stretch or is that reasonable? Um, no, he was questioned by Isaac regarding um, the sacrifice, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he said, uh, Father, here's the... Wood, here's the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abram again said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. 2,000 years later, God provided his son, Jesus Christ, on the very same mountain except higher up. Amen. Calvary. Right there. And so prophetically, you have the prophecy of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ completely. And so um, it didn't make sense to Isaac. But Abraham in faith said God will provide himself a sacrifice. That's the record shells. There was a goat there and he gave it to him and he offered it up. A substitute. Yes. 
for Isaac. Jesus was our substitute. Yeah. The propitiation for our sins, not ours alone, but the whole world, 1 John 2, 2. And so he died in our place. He paid the price for our sin. And he was able to forgive us because he did that. It's interesting. I was listening to Pastor Chuck Smith recently on Genesis. And he, he talks about that, that specific verse, God will provide right. himself a sacrifice. And how disappointed he was when uh, the New King James uh, version of the Bible came out. I guess Thomas Nelson yeah. published the New King James Version. And he actually wrote them a letter to, to chew them out. Because they changed the translation. Instead of God will provide himself a sacrifice, they, they introduced for. God will provide for himself yeah. a sacrifice. Yeah. Which is a whole different thing. Right. Interesting. It's, yeah. it's different altogether. Wow. Okay. Good, yeah. good for Pastor Chuck. Yeah. yeah. Give him a hard time. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Certainly, uh, you know, as we look at this situation, it seems like Isaac actually passed a test here sure. in allowing this thing to, to take place the way that he does. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's it's a witness. Right, and you have father and son, one in agreement with God. Amen. Uh, it has nothing to do with age or maturity, though that is important, but it's God's revelation that they had to make a decision on, and that's what's important. Amen. So for our benefit, the Lord is actually presenting a picture of the sacrifice of Christ in pretty much the same place where it's going to happen in the future. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, it's in obedience, everything. Yeah. Abraham is a type of God the Father uh, who loved the world, John 3, 16, 1 John 2, 2. Abraham, uh, for three days in his mind, considered Isaac as dead. Yeah. I don't think the three days is coincidence. And then he comes back with him. Abraham declared the sacrifice to be a form of worship. Yeah. That Amen. which pleases God. And Abraham declared confidence that Isaac and he would both return, as we pointed out earlier. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, even as he laid him on the wood there, and he raised the knife and the angel stopped him. Um, God, now, it doesn't mean that God didn't know what Isaac was going to do, I mean, for Abraham, whether he was going to obey or not, God knew it. Yeah. But the actual record and description is for our sake. Yes. Human aspect of it. Not for God. God already knew the heart of Abraham. And so um, that wood that Isaac carries, the type of the cross. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He carried his own um, platform where he's going to be executed. And the confidence declared would be that God would provide himself again, the sacrifice, Jew, Gentile, for the whole world. Uh, John 3.16 is very, very clear. Pastor X, do we think, do you think, that Abraham really understood the gospel perspective in his day? Well, we, to what extent, we don't know, but the Bible says that he preached the gospel to him in many different ways. Yeah. I mean, you see the, uh, the, the son, you see the redemptive work um, from the beginning when he called him out, and you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Mm -hmm. I'll make a nation of you, people. From you, kings will come. That means that he would be, he was the point of contact for the, for the benefit of the entire world. Yeah. Now, Old Testament is progressive revelation. So he didn't have it all at one time. No. So you have progressive um, growth of information in Scripture. Um, no one prophet had all of it. But as we look at the Old Testament, clearly that is that red line that runs through from Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman, all the way through, that it was the Messiah that was to come, the Son of God, to die for the sins of the world. Amen. I think, keep thinking about uh, the Gospel of John chapter 8 where Jesus is talking to the religious leaders in the temple, you know, and, and he says, uh, Abraham saw my day. Yeah. And he was glad, you know, and, and of course they use that as accusation against him. Sure. But I've got to think that he, he had the perspective that he needed to have. Right. He, nice. You know, because being, being the obedient guy that he was, yeah. he was following the Lord's direction. Yeah. Pretty the book, amazing. The book of Hebrews says in the volume of the book is written to me to do your will, O God. Amen. 
That's the bottom line. In Hebrews 10, 7 through uh, 10. So everything written in the Bible is always prophetic of Jesus Christ in every way, always. This image of Isaac representing the Lord Jesus really carries on in his life even after this Genesis chapter 22, after right. the sacrifice. There's a further application of that, isn't there? Yeah. Isaac was patient as uh, Eliezer uh, sought out his bride, just as Jesus is gathering his bride. Uh, he has sent. Eliezer means God is help or comforter. Uh, interesting parallel to the Holy Spirit, the parakaleo, the one to come alongside, the comforter. So Eliezer could be a parallel or a type of the Holy Spirit in this story form that is given to us as he searches uh, the bride of, for Isaac, as Jesus Christ is searching out a bride through Jew and Gentile called the church. And so you have a great parallel there. I have a question about that. I know as Abraham talks to his servant Eliezer to send him back to his, his home right. to, to get a bride for his son, he has him, has him put his hand under his thigh right, right, to right. swear, yeah. take an oath that right. he wouldn't get a bride from anywhere else, but he's going to get... Right. Do we know what the significance of that is? It's like, um, like taking an oath, you know, raise your right hand, put, put your, your hand, hand on the, the Bible. Bible. Yeah. Or, you know, when we were growing up, you know, cross your heart, hope to die. <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're using that as the platform of honesty. Yeah. Of commitment and truthfulness and character. Well, this is obviously, this guy Eliezer is somebody that Abraham trusts implicitly. Right. Because he, he goes, but he takes all kinds of wealth and riches with him right. to uh, this situation. And, uh, and it's interesting that all, all this takes place as Isaac is absent right. from the narrative. Right. We don't see him there at all. During yeah. that time. Once again, the parallel between Isaac and his bride and, uh, and, um, and, and, the, and Jesus and his church, his bride. Right. Um, because the last time Jesus was seen was as he ascended up on high, the book of Acts. Uh, he's collecting the bride. And um, when Eliezer went to get the bride, Rebecca, um, Isaac is at home. And when he comes back with her, he sees her for the first time as he's walking across the field and she gets off her camel. Um, the, the next time we will see Jesus is when he raptures us and removes the, the clouds and as, as his church has been gathered together. So again, there's a great parallel between the two. It's interesting, you know, in the, uh, in the Gospels it tells us that Jesus taught people in parables. Right. And I, I always like to think that there's a, a connection between, because Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that Christ is the exact representation of the Father, that as Jesus taught in parables, word pictures, right. that the Father taught in parables, in pictures in the lives of people in the Old Testament. Is that a reasonable yeah. idea? Uh, par again, parables <coughs> do one of two things. They compare, they contrast. Right. Every parable has a punchline. Not everything in the parable is to be given significance. Mm -hmm. And you take many parables, um, like the parable of the, of the evil judge that didn't do justice to that right. woman, and she yeah. kept bugging him. And so people teach that you're to be importunist and keep on asking. Um, but if that's, the, that's not the punchline in that context. It, it's not a... Uh, a comparison is a contrast. Even though this woman, this evil judge, would not do justice for her, that she continued to be on him, right. and he finally gave her justice. And so we, it's a contrast. You may have to bug men to get justice, but not God. Right. So it's a contrast, not a comparison. So if, when people teach that that is teaching to be importunist and, and persistent in prayer. That's, that's, that's taught on other parables in the scripture, but not there. Right. That parable is teaching that evil men may not give you justice unless you bug them. 
You don't have to bug God to get justice. <laughs> he knows what you want right. before you ask, right? Right. right. Amen. That's very important. So a parable is simply putting something that you know next to something you don't know, and then knowing what you did know, you'll know what you didn't know. Parable of the sower. Everybody knew what a sower was. You put it next to the Word of God, put a parallel to it, and you realize the seed goes out and the preaching goes out. It goes into the ground, some into good ground, some into thorny ground, some into stony ground, uh, superficial ground, and then it sprouts up and you have the parable. Yeah. Now, we, today, time. we have to explain that to people living right. in the city. Right. They don't understand about right, that. They're not an agrarian society. No, no, we're all technology. and Yeah, the people Jesus were speaking to, they yeah. got it. They got it right away. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. And we will be right back today talking about the biblical character of Isaac and the Lord's hand in the scripture through him. We'll be right back after these messages. Have you ever wondered what the Bible says about the rapture, or angels, or even about life and death? Well, in the new doctrinal series of the Bible, just released by Pastor Xavier Reese, you'll discover answers to these questions and so much more. In this brand new USB flash drive and MP3 audio format, you'll find over 50 messages included from a sermon series entitled, What About? You'll hear these full-length messages answering numerous questions about God, the Scriptures, and the Christian faith. It's the What About? Doctrinal Series of the Bible, available now for just $19.99 plus shipping from the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. It's a PC-Mac compatible MP3 audio USB flash drive from Pastor Xavier Reese from his What About? Doctrinal Series for just $19.99 plus shipping. Available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. That's calvarychapelpasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese says contentment is something you just can't buy. Ladies, you know how it is. You go into your closet, and you cannot squeeze one more dress in there. You don't even have to iron your clothes because they're so packed together. And you say, I don't have anything to wear. Hell and destruction, never full, and neither are the eyes of man ever satisfied. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. The need for strong family relationships has never been as crucial as it is today. And Pastor Xavier Reese offers a series of studies on marriage and the family, underlying the necessary ingredients called for in a healthy home, such as the source of joy in marriage, Christian submission, God's role for men, God's role for women, even God's role for children, and so much more. It's Pastor Xavier's Marriage and the Family series, available now in the Calvary Chapel Pasadena online store as an audio CD album for $32 or convenient MP3 disc for just $10, containing 12 messages in all of God-honoring practical insights from Scripture. Whether you're new to the faith, newly married, wishing to start a family perhaps, or just want to realign yourself with God's divine plan for your marriage and family, this collection assembles key biblical teachings that endure the test of time. Stop by the online store today at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com for the Marriage and the Family audio CD album or MP3 disc. That's CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, addressing issues of consequence for the church. Hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel Pasadena. back with us here at Keep It Simple. Today we're spending some time talking about, from the book of Genesis, the character of Isaac. But uh, today is August 10th. It is. And we have big doings here at the church we tonight. Do. Special day. This is the third installment of the Women's Ministry Summer Series, Looking Unto Jesus. Yes. And uh, tonight they're going to be talking about the Lord Jesus from the perspective of the author and finisher of our faith. Awesome. And um, let's see, they'll, they'll meet at 7 p.m. They're yeah. going to have a, re a reception, a little uh, icebreaker with some uh, refreshments, and then the Bible study will be in the sanctuary. And the, uh, our regular Bible study on Jeremiah will be taking place in the gymnasium tonight. Yeah, but, so um, if you're uh, local in the Pasadena area. Yeah, yeah everybody come on out and make out. yourself comfortable. Um, if you, we're also going to be streaming the women's event online tonight. Okay. 7 p.m. Now, Pastor Tony just mentioned that at 7, they're going to start with some refreshments. So streaming starts at 7. We're going to welcome the online audience, and there will be a little break, but hang tight. 
and I think their worship starts around 720 or something like that. Okay. So, so if you're watching online and it, you know, just, just hang tight and they, they're having their refreshments. So if you're not local or you can't get over to the church tonight, you can certainly watch it on the website yes, or, or YouTube. Uh, YouTube live or Facebook live. Yes. yes awesome. Sir. Yeah. It's great. It's going to be great. Looking forward to that. It'll mm -hmm. be a great evening. Mm -hmm. uh, the women are blessed yes. in the summer series. And then again, we have their, the women's Bible study starting up in October. That will begin That's again for exciting. us. That's always exciting. Yeah. Um, Pastor X, getting back to the person of Isaac, you know, and uh, the, the gathering of his bride, which is what we're in the middle of right, right. now. The church age is that, uh, that journey right. from Ur of the Chaldees over to Canaan where uh, the bride meets Right. the Lord, yeah. you know, and this is, this is what's happening for us. And we have God's Holy Spirit with us. And it is, uh, the Holy Spirit's identified in the scripture as the Spirit of Christ. Sure. So we really have the Lord Spirit Jesus. Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ. Yes. The Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. With us all the time. And uh, for his bride, Rebecca, she had to lean on this guy, Eleazar, to talk to him. Right. So where are we going? Right. <laughs> so, and what's this guy like that I'm going to marry? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and he was faithful uh, to bring. Remember that I, uh, Abraham said, because uh, if, if, he said, you know, if, what if she doesn't want to come? Right. He says, well, if she doesn't want to come, you're relieved of your responsibility. Interesting. And that's an interesting statement because God doesn't force anybody to be saved. No. God doesn't force anybody to repent of their sins. Every person has a right to go to hell, yeah. but they don't have to. Every person in hell this morning is not blaming God for being in hell. No. They know they place themselves there by rejecting the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. So uh, God initiates with the gospel. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and we respond in repentance. We don't just say, I'm sorry. A lot of the emergent church and even Calvary chapels, be careful. They say, well, just say, tell, tell God you're sorry and, uh, and then just, you know, um, just walk with Him. Well, it's not gospel. You repent from your sins. Amen. You ask forgiveness. You turn away from your sin. That word repent actually and, means to turn yes, around. Yes, and He gives you a new heart, yeah. fills you with the Spirit. Then you find that you're going to teach you the Word of God and you grow. Amen. Very and fun. you know, this, like I imagine Rebecca's trip, it couldn't have been too easy. No, no. That's a long <laughs> journey. Long journey. Yeah. Riding and, on uh, a camel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we get on a plane and we travel from the east to the west coast, whatever, four or five hours, depending uh, how many stops. But, uh, you know, when you came across like, um, you know, Queen of Sheba yes. or Abraham yeah. Yeah. or Paul Journey, you had a long travel, dangerous travel. Uh, you had uh, thieves, you had all kinds of different things going on. You can imagine just the weather itself. Oh, and man. So, yeah. But for people, you know, we talk to people all the time that are in difficulty and hardship and uh, the Lord, you know, opens situations in the lives of people that are very difficult. And we're always in the position of encouraging others and ourselves also that whatever the Lord has for me, this is the best thing for my life. Sure. Even though it may not, on face value, it may not seem like the best thing. God's doing a work. Sure. I need to trust him. Well, we, from, from this perspective, we're always interested in the goal. Yeah. God is not interested in the goal. He's interested in the process. Yeah. Success is not measured by the goal, but by the process. How am I going to respond? Am I going to obey? Am I going to trust him in the process? That's success, not the goal. The Amen. goal is no problem for God. No, he can do that yeah. like that. Amen. Again, we look at you know Isaac in the book of Genesis, Pastor X, and the great thing about the scripture is how it presents these, you know, icons of faith, warts and all. Isaac is just a normal guy like the rest of yeah. us. And that's awesome. Yeah, we see failure in everybody. Yeah. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac had lapses of faith. Yeah. Uh, he repeated the sin of his father as he went to Egypt. He lied about his wife, yeah. fearing that he would die. There in Genesis 26. Um, and so... God always checks a man and he tests a man to see if they're going to pass the test. Um, but it's not automatic. It's not something God forces us to do. And that's why it's so difficult and um, really contrary to Scripture when many people 
believe regarding predestination and that God, nothing can happen apart from the decrees of God. Right. This is the basis of Calvinism. Mm -hmm. And they say God always initiates. We respond. And that's true. Amen. In principle. But God doesn't decree against man's will. No Calvinist can never give you free will. If he does, he only gives you free will. You only have the free will to say no because you're not predestined. So in, with that in mind, you know, in, in Romans chapter 9, the Apostle Paul asks the question, who has opposed his will right. or who has contradicted him? And I mean, the fact that it's a question right. alone, it's not a, a theological assertion. It's not doctrine. Yeah. But he asked the question, but I mean, you can't look at the world we live in right. and say that people are not contrary to the will of God. Sure, sure. They, everywhere. Yeah. And the question is to who, who has opposed his will in a successful way. Right. People who oppose has thwarted, God all the time. thwarted the will who of God. Who has thwarted, who has yeah. altered the ultimate plan of well, God. Well, nobody, nobody. Now, now, the plan of God predestined the foundation of the world. It doesn't mean that he violates every person's free will. It doesn't mean, let's just take the very simple, obvious um, example of Judas Iscariot. Mm -hmm. God did not predestine Judas Iscariot to betray his son. If God predestined him and Judas Iscariot had no choice, then God's judgment of Judas Iscariot is absolutely unholy, Amen. unjust. Amen. But God knew what Judas Iscariot would do, so he declared and prophesied about the betrayal. Yes. So God doesn't force or predestine men to do good or evil. He just knows the good or the evil men and women will do. And therefore, because he has omniscience and knows all things from the beginning, he can foreknow, foreknowledge is based in the extension of his omniscience, not right. the reverse as Calvinists teach. Calvinists teach that omniscience, the extension of his foreknowledge, it is not. Omniscience yeah. means he knows everything. He cannot be surprised. He cannot learn. He cannot be disappointed. Nothing. And then the foreknowledge is the aspect of declaring things before they happen. It's kind of because amazing. Because he has foreknowledge. Amazing to me how people will take a passage of Scripture yeah. and then they will allow what it says in their minds to contradict what they understand the nature sure. of God to be. I mean, sure. God's nature is in stone. Sure. Every aspect there of Romans um, 9, 10, and 11, if mm -hmm. you look at 9, Calvinists use that always for God predestinating. Right. Okay? But if you look at it, the context is not personal individual salvation. He's talking about two nations. Yeah. Esau. Yeah. Actually, the, the children of Isaac. And, and Isaac and, and being, Jacob, yeah. Jacob being Israel. Right. So he's, the context is nation. As Rebecca, you go back to Genesis 25, two nations in her womb. Amen. He's not talking about individual salvation, and Calvinists are dishonest when they try to use that text for salvation individually. Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 2 says that we were um, predestined um, by his foreknowledge. Yes. In other words, he knew how I was going to respond. Yes. He didn't force me to respond, but predestined according to the foreknowledge of God unto sanctification and obedience. God knows that I was going to accept him. God knows when I'll obey and disobey. Amen. Okay. So, so predestination is legitimate. It's legitimate. We but, just got to keep the, right. the cart behind the right, horse. Right, right, right. Every, 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 <laughs> every prefix of the um, wilted tulip of Calvinism <laughs> is made up. Yeah, they're okay? not biblical. So depravity is biblical, but not total Not depravity. to the extreme. Not like they say that we're a dead corpse. No, yeah. if we can't respond, then why are we commanded to preach the gospel that faith may be uh, um, created by the Word of God. Amen. So, um, total is unbiblical. Depravity is biblical. Unconditional grace, that's unbiblical. No yeah. unconditional. Yeah. Uh, it, it, limited the, atonement. Limited atonement. Atonement is biblical, not limited. No. Okay. Uh, grace is irresistible. Wrong. It can be resisted. Yes. And so, it's, it's all man-made. And the Calvinist seven points 
that is uh, formulated by, um, um, by Calvin, that comes out of the Catholic Church. It's Augustinian theology. He's the first one who taught that people are predestined by God's free will against and their own will. he kind of got that from Greek right. mythology and, 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 and Greek and he, philosophy. And he rejected that. But then all the um, Protestant fathers came out of the Catholic Church and yeah. they took Augustine with them. Yeah. And that's where it comes from. Unfortunately. But it's not biblical. So we have Isaac living in the land of Canaan, but yeah. he's not, he, he really, he was born there. He grew up there, but he's still a stranger in that land, isn't right, he, Pastor Right, Ives? right, right. Um, God uh, predestined again here um, his overall salvation for mankind. Right. But he excludes no one. He used Abraham, now he's using Isaac. He'll use Jacob after the fact. And so... Um, the Philistines became their perennial enemies. Uh, this early? Uh, this early, from the beginning. Yeah. Just, uh, uh, which is interesting because the uh, modern-day Palestinian nation ha has no biblical basis yeah. nor historical evidence of ever of existing. <laughs> and so it was the Canaanites. Um, Abraham was not a Palestinian. Yeah. Jesus was not a Palestinian. There's never been a Palestinian nation. Actually, the name Palestinian was invented by somebody in the Roman Empire, maybe Hadrian yeah. at the Around time. 132, 135. Right. The last course where they salted the land and renamed it Palestinia mm -hmm. after the enemies of Israel, the right. Philistines. Mm -hmm. That's the history of the name Palestine, not what they say today. In fact, there was no boundaries or anything until 19, after 1955. Yasser Arafat used that to declare the Palestinian nation. But there's never been a Palestinian nation, a Palestinian flag. It's all made up. It's, uh, it's fictitious, fake history. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty tragic. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's the story of our world. It's, you know, uh, the way that history is twisted to support. It's kind of weaponized into politics. Yeah. And that's what we live with every day, unfortunately. Uh, people like to portray... Isaac, Pastor Xavier, like he was somewhat less important or less significant than his father. Right, right, right. Or his son Jacob, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, was Isaac a serious follower of the Lord? Sure. God appeared to him. Amen. God appeared to him. You know what I mean? I mean, God spoke to him. God gave promise. And he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's a big deal. So the connection of the uh, patriarchs. He is one of the patriarchs, and so you can't minimize him if you try to compare him to one and the other. It's, it's, it's not biblical, um, but each are legitimate in their time in this progressive revelation of God's promise. Um, um, Isaac got older and um, probably had cataracts, couldn't yeah. see very well, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. unfortunately, if he'd been alive today, we could fix that pretty quick. Sure, But sure. not back then. Yeah. His family situation began to deteriorate, Yeah, too. And, and there you have a man of faith, and yet a man who acted contrary to the will of God. Yeah, he did. Because he tried to give his blessing to the wrong son. And he knew, didn't he? And he, he knew. Yeah. Uh, it was an Isaac, but he loved Jacob. You know what I mean? He was like him, hardy man, outdoors man, loves hunting, venison, all that. And it turned on him. Yeah. And God blessed Isaac because God said he was going to. Now, not because God thwarted the purposes of, of man. He allowed them to play out. But ultimately, the problems took care of the human choice. Mm -hmm. Because Jacob was completely... Um, as we end up being the ultimate promise. And so once again, you have Abraham, you have Isaac, you have Ishmael, you have Esau, you have Jacob. And the struggle there, yeah. And the struggle. Mm -hmm. Two nations in mm -hmm. the womb. I have a question. It's interesting, and, and we don't hear a lot about this, but all of these women, uh, Sarah, yeah. Rebecca, Rachel, all had terrible times with childbearing. Yeah, they were they, barren. They were barren. They, they were couldn't barren. have kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. All the wives of the patriarch were barren yeah. to ensure that God was the one that brought forth the promise. Amen. 
I have so. another question, <laughs> kind of going back to what we were just saying. Uh-huh. So let's say Jacob did not deceive his father and and um, and um, his brother and received the blessing. Would um, Esau have been a patriarch then? No. 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 Because no. okay. the promise was already there. The promise was already there. God, yeah. God already knew the end from the beginning. Okay. God would have found another way yeah. Yeah. for right, right. Jacob to <laughs> for have gotten Jacob. that blessing. Right. Okay. Yeah, Rebecca didn't right. need to intervene. She, they didn't need to deceive him. But. Right. And the thing is yeah, that in yeah, yeah. Rebecca stepping in, and she thought that it was only going to be for a few days, yeah. ended up being she never forever. Saw him again. She never saw him again. Yeah. 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 So when we try to thwart and disobey God's word, we end up paying a price, sure. a long-term price. Sure. Plus also, we will never know how God was going to do that. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Because she intervened. Right, 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 right. Again, the plans and decisions of man do not alter the ultimate, ultimate purposes of God. Right. But not because he doesn't allow free will but because he knows everything from the beginning right. and nothing can confuse him or oppose him. Right. Wow, yeah. It's nice to be God. And so, terrible <laughs> right? thing, Rebecca pays terrible. Yeah. Her son, her little boy, the one that she loved, yeah. has to take off and go back to Ur of the Chaldees. Yeah. She never sees him again. Right, right. Even though she was in good health right. and Isaac was sickly, still, she no never sad. got to see him again. Right. Actually, Jacob suffers. Right. As well, because he bought into this right. whole mess. He bought into it, you yeah. know. And she says, "Oh, let the curse be upon me." Oh no, no. that yeah. didn't work that but way. He was a, get to pick. But, but Jacob was a rat too. He, well, um, yes, uh, he name was. Uh, heel catcher, <laughs> flim flam man, conniver. <laughs> uh, we'll get to him a little he, he, in a later he, segment. He, he's a guy that sells you your 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 car like in the '60s, and your transmission's going on. You put resin in it. So when they listen to it, it doesn't sound noisy. <laughs> yeah. But was he, the name Jacob? Sorry, a, a derivative somehow of Joshua or no? No. Uh, no. Jacob heel catcher. That's right. Yeah. Jacob. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just heel grab. Okay. Basically. Okay. That's it. Wow. Pretty interesting though. Yeah. And he and he paid a paid a terrible price. In fact, the New Testament James is Jacob. James, yes. that's yeah, what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, I was James thinking James. Is, is Jacob, yeah. James, yes, yes. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. sorry, I said Joshua, I meant James. <clears throat> At the same time, you know, they eventually, as this whole thing gets sorted out between Isaac and Rebecca, and it comes out in Genesis, they're very disturbed about the wives that Esau is taking. Right, right, right. They don't want Jacob to take a wife right, from right, that, right, that right, community. Right, right, Even though they were, uh, you know, Isaac's trying to thwart the purposes of God, and I don't see how that can be. But there's a lot of stupid things we do, even as Christians. Amen. When we get caught up with ourselves, we won't want our will as opposed to God's will. Yeah. When we think that we're somehow the exception to the rule or that uh, we're smarter than God. And then we get ourselves in trouble, and not only ourselves, but all those who are related to us, depending how close they are to us and what connection there is to us. If I do some stupid things, I first affect my wife, then my children, yeah. then my grandchildren, and friends around me, people who look up to me. And so no man sins to himself, and God holds us responsible for all that. One of the things we're seeing so commonly, I mean, California is a very unpopular place to live right yeah. now. You know, it used to be the golden state, no more. And uh, people want to leave California yeah. because it's a mess. Right. And the thing is, as a believer, you have a higher, you know. Sure, sure. You have to make sure that this is the Lord leading right. and directing you. want to make sure, God, that if you just make a decision to leave California, mm -hmm. you will regret it. Yeah, if you do road. it on your own, yeah. If God has told you and led you to leave, you'll be okay. Amen. Mm -hmm. So the key is the Christian, you don't make your own decisions. You don't make your decisions based on economics, on location, upon a job opening, or any of that. Yeah. The first question should be, where am I going to fellowship and grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ? Amen. And from there, the rest works out. And people are thinking, well, I can just you know move to right. Texas yeah. or Idaho, and I'll just watch... I'll watch church service on, on the internet. Yeah, that's crazy. That's not biblical. No. 
That's it's not, not at all. And then pretty soon you don't watch TV anymore, on, uh, church on TV. You just, you're out there. And you get to start getting the I, stuff and everything else. Pastor X, I can't tell you how many people I know yeah. who have been sequestered. They've been watching church on, yeah. and you see, I mean, it's been 20 months now. Yeah. You see the decline in Absolutely. where they're at. You listen to what they say. Yeah. Things have changed in them. Yeah. Forsake not the gathering of the saints as the manner of Amen. some is. Amen. Uh, we are the church. We're not to just go to church. We are to be the church. Uh, gather together as a witness to the community at large that we are light and salt. And we're here to pray for the community, to preach the community, to just be open to do what we can. Amen. That's kinda, what the church yeah. is. And it's kind of interesting. I read recently that I think Facebook, they're trying to make these incentives for churches to go online only and provide these tools for them. They would love oh, that. Sure, sure. Yeah, they would love that. You know, and there's certain big name yeah. churches or one in particular that is on board with this. And, yeah. 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 And they want to silence the church. Right. First by closing them. Stopping the gathering of the saints. Right. And then once they all go online, then they're going to cut them yeah. from line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very yeah, progressive evil. Progressive yeah. evil. Yeah. Yeah. No, we will not be stopped from gathering. We will gather here or in jail, but we will gather. <laughs> One way or the other. Those are going to be the, the only people left hell. in jail anymore, right. the believers. Um, they let everybody else out. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the yeah. Lord is faithful. And yeah, we're yeah. so grateful for all that he does. Yeah. And, and again, you know, consequences we talked about for uh, this family, and uh, we will see them go on into the life of Jacob. Maybe we'll talk about him in a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Yeah. If you're out there, you don't know Jesus Christ. God sent the son to die for you, um, that you might recognize how much he loves you, and that when he died, he died in your place, literally, and that he made the payment for all your sins and the sins of the world. And if you believe that he accomplished that redemption and forgiveness, then you can call upon him, believing on his sacrificial act and his resurrection, and ask him to forgive you of your sins, repenting, seeing yourself as a sinner against God, and that only he can change your heart. Ask him to forgive you, and then he will give you his spirit a new heart, and now find a church that's going to teach you the Word of God, not entertain you, and begin to read the Word of God, just to read it daily, to get it through you, to get it in you, and then go to church where they're going to teach you verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, so that with time you understand the whole Bible. It takes time. It doesn't come overnight, but you're in progress and you're learning. And if you do that, then God will use you as a herald for the gospel, as light and salt to reach out to those, maybe your wife, maybe your husband, maybe your children, your grandchildren, people you work with, the friends you go to school with, the neighbor, whatever it may be. God has always done it this way for every generation. It's through the gospel. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so there's no other way people can be saved. There's no other person that people can be saved through. Not Buddha, not Allah, not Krishna. Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. He is the only mediator. He's the only name. He's the only way. And so anybody who tells you otherwise is a liar, a deceiver. And so you trust Jesus. You give your heart to him. You ask him to forgive you. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit, give you a new heart, a new mind, now gather with the church, and God will bless you. And hang on to him and look for him. He's coming for his church. And while you're here, occupy till you come. Preach the word. Amen. Reach out to those who do not know Jesus Christ. Because you know what it is to be lost. You know what it is to live under guilt of sin. And he forgave you and buried him in the deepest ocean. That's what he wants you to communicate to others. So the Lord bless you. Keep it simple. God bless you. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. 
For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.